Whether you're hunting the back 40 or chasing game deep in the backcountry, the all-new Razor Guide Pack from Outdoor Edge has it all. Coming in at only 12 ounces and in a premium wax canvas roll pack for compact storage and travel, the Razor Guide Pack is seven blades in total, including a 5-inch replaceable blade folding knife, a 3-inch replaceable blade caping knife, and the flip and zip saw for wood or bone. For more information, visit OutdoorEdge.com. The Houndsman XP Podcast Network is taking you on the journey. Your host, Master Trainer Heath Hyatt, will combine his decades of experience as a houndsman and as a professional trainer that will light the path forward and make our packs lighter on this lifelong journey to become better hunters and houndsmen. There are no shortcuts, so lace up those boots and grab a dog leash. The journey begins now. I've been a member and supporter of Go Wild for over a year now. Man, how time flies. Their social media platform is for hunters by hunters. And if you followed me for any length of time, you know that I'm in the woods or on the water if I'm not working. And yes, some ask, do you work? Unfortunately, I do. It's a place that I post all of my trophies, no matter how big or small. Mine, mostly small. I get tips, tricks, tactics, and advice from people who eat, breathe, and sleep the outdoors. I log all of my outdoor adventures, including the time spent listening to the best podcast in the land, The Journey, hosted by no other than yours truly. So when I need anything outdoors, I just log on to the Go Wild store, pick out what I need, and that's anything from hunting, fishing, camping, optics, outdoor wear, and yes, hound supplies. So when you make your next purchase at Go Wild, use our discount code HXP10 to go along with that free shipping. I'm proud to partner up with the Go Wild team. So let's get your journey started today here on Go Wild. Guys, we are in the heart of bear country. And if you guys from Bath County are listening, we are in Warm Springs. And we just went to the, what was that diner, uh, place called? The Milk Market. Milk, milk Market. The yeah. Milk Market. And got us a sandwich. It's called the Jackson. Different, but it was good. And then I got to tell you a funny before we get started into this. So we're riding around looking for a place to record. <clears throat> so we're basically just going around. So we come to the high school. Oh, there's a radio station. There's a front porch. They got some chairs. So I go and start beating on the front door of the radio station. Guy comes running out. And he's like, hey, hey, we're recording, we're recording. I'm like, I'm sorry. So anyway, when he takes a break, he comes out. So we crashed. It's 107.1 radio station <laughs> and man dan has been more than hosp uh, more than gracious to us he set us up with a place to record give us some chairs and uh give a shout out to them because we definitely crashed his his live recording so that's a first for the houndsman xp i'm sure <laughs> so today we have i mean we you've done some traveling to get here <clears throat> and yep. like i said i drove up to to bath county and and met uh, Luke Soames. 
Is that right? Yeah, I don't want. Cr- I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to crash it. That's it. Um, so Luke's from Canada, Ontario. Yeah, Ontario. And we won't. We won't give away the exact location. But Luke and I have been talking for probably well over a year now. Yeah. Back and forth, a lot of things in common. Um, we've been talking dogs. We're gonna get into some one of the dogs that they've got that's uh, kin to some of the dogs that I have. But one of the inter- things that interests me is when we started talking about the, the dogs is he was telling that some of his buddies run coyotes and bear and that's what really intrigued the conversation and and kind of hit it off so we're going to get into that today but before we do i'm gonna let luke tell a little bit about himself what he does um kind of how he got into hunting and then we'll just we're just going to roll it from there okay yeah i'm just a just an average weekend warrior. I've been asking myself the whole way here why you want to talk to me. <laughs> but uh, there's a lot of other guys that are out there that catch a lot more stuff than me. But anyways, yeah, I just got the love of hound hunting real bad, I guess. Uh, when I was a young little kid, through my uncle on my mother's side mostly, he was a foxhound man, uh, which we coyote hunted a lot, and I tagged along with him as a little kid. And that's where it all started. And uh, uh, when I got a little older, um, hit about the time, I guess about the time I could get my driver's license and go places on my own, had to have a coon dog. And uh, did a bunch of research and did some driving and went and got a, a blue tick coon dog puppy and, and it was off to races from there. So when you talked about you got into it um, with the coyote hunting, right? Yeah, yeah. What kind of dogs were you running? Were they running back then? They were running walker dogs. Running walkers? Running so not walkers, tree walkers, yeah. There yeah. was no tree dog in, in, again, that was my uncle that got me started when I was a little little fella, and uh, he had all running dogs, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah, it seems like, you know, we've done a couple podcasts now with the, the running dog guys, and, I mean, I guess that's a that's a field that we really haven't um, explored too much into, and it's been so interesting for me to learn and learn the things that they do mm-hmm. um and you know when i interviewed howard a while back you know he said his dogs will pull up and tree stuff and you know that was kind of i didn't i didn't think that they had the tree in them that was my opinion and or my that was my perception let me let me not my opinion my perception mm-hmm. and you know when he said that man he's got to get on his because they'll just they'll just pull up out of a cornfield race on a coon and tree and I'm like, well, I, I want that. I want the speed in the tree. Like, I want the speed in the tree. I, I don't, and I listened to that podcast and found that very interesting. I don't know that that's a common thing. I think that might be maybe certainly down to certain lines more mm-hmm. so. There, there may be some running dog lines that, that have that more in them more so than others. Um, most of the pure running dogs that I've been around didn't have a whole lot of that in them that I saw too mm-hmm. much. And they were strictly the tree and the running walker. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Now, I've been around other crosses since, like uh, that was just the first ones I was around. In Ontario, coyote hunting with, with running dogs is probably the most popular type of mm-hmm. uh, uh, hound sport there is. Um, uh, and I've been around since then, other guys that are gun hunters uh, that have crossed in some tree dog here and there, and, or even some that use full tree dogs to coyote hunt as well. And they're just as successful, doesn't usually work too good mixing the two. Like mm-hmm. full tree and dogs and full running dogs in the same pack. There's usually kind of some drastic differences there, but uh, a lot of guys are very successful with tree and type dogs on, that hunt coyotes as well. 
so what what would be those differences can you I want, i'm kind of interested to know uh i don't want a lot of guys to jump down my back but a lot of it is speed and stamina i got you you, you yeah. know and holding up every day running <clears throat> you know um but it's different styles you know i've got a good friend that hunts uh hunts straight tree and blue ticks uh coyote hunter only and they're a group of older fellows they don't like to leave the countryside too far and and they only run as, as hard as they're being pushed and these guys kill a lot of coyotes with just three or four old blue tick coonhounds you know well and i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna jab at uh, chris powell and jacob campbell that's the reason they're using them because they ain't gonna get treated anyway <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I started out with blue ticks, so I'm not going to say it. Oh, no. I, I'm just ribbing them. I'm just ribbing yeah. them. But um, the other thing you said there is I had some friends that uh, deer hunted with mm -hmm. dogs, and they were using the the, the running dogs, the tree and dogs kind of mixed together, mm -hmm. and they said that they pushed the deer too hard. They couldn't get shots. Sure. So then they went to the, to the short-legged beagles. And then they weren't moving them enough. Mm -hmm. And then they ended up going to the long-legged beagles, and then they actually crossed to some hounds to get that that fine balance that they were looking for. And yeah. I know everybody's not the same, but that you said that, and it was like, oh yeah, you know, that's my buddies told me they kind of did the same thing. They don't, they didn't want the deer blowing through the country, mm -hmm. and at the same time, they wanted it to move enough to be able to get a shot, but they didn't want it not moving at all. Yeah. So yeah, I mean that that makes perfect sense. So Luke, what um, what style of dogs? Before we get into what you hunt and how you hunt, what what style of dogs are are you have? What do you have? How many you got? What are they? Uh well, right now I'm hunting coyotes and bears both, and that's that's something maybe we'll jump into like we talked about later. Uh, a lot of guys are using the same dogs for both. Personally, I am not yet mm -hmm. at this point. Um, I told you a little earlier, I uh, used to primarily just hunt coons and coyotes, and got this bitten by this bear bug that's kind of taken over my life the last few years and uh pretty well quit coon hunting and i still coyote hunt in the winter that's what you do in the winter time when you live in canada um but the problem is my last two good coyote dogs are old old like 11 and 13 old so i'm at a point where i need to make a decision do i train up a couple more running dogs because they're both straight running walker foxhounds or do I start, make that decision and start to use the same dogs for coyotes as I'm using for bear? A um, lot of guys do it with great, great success. I've been very trigger shy myself to do it uh, for certain reasons, you know. Well, if you don't mind, let's talk about that. And I know you and I have before, um, and don't shoot yourself in the foot, but like I understand, you know, I've been to Canada. You and I, we'll, maybe we'll get into that here in a little bit. You know, I've mm -hmm. been to Canada a couple times hunting, um, and you guys are allowed to hunt over bait sites. Mm -hmm. And I know with the technology improving, i.e., trail cameras, that what I have seen is that there may be several bear through there on the night, but there's also going to be some coyotes coming along and filtering through pretty much all through the night yeah yeah you're exactly right like uh, and it's a regional thing too there's coyotes everywhere mm -hmm. um but where i live i'm kind of on the border uh where i live and where i hunt a lot i'm on the border of what i would call you just go a few minutes south and you're into pretty good agricultural farmland mm -hmm. just go a few minutes north and you're into what i call the big country no more farmland <clears throat> uh canadian shield rocky 
And the further north you go, there's still coyotes. Uh, there always is, not near as many as mm -hmm. there is in the south. But right where I live, like uh, I run six or seven baits, and we got the cameras on them. And and there's literally day or night, not an hour that goes by where there's not a coyote on the bait. So you've got to start a bear, and maybe it's only two hours old, maybe it's four, maybe it's eight hours old, but there's a coyote track within an hour, lots of times 15 minutes every time. So is that why you're hesitant to do the, the boat? That's the number one reason, um, yeah. <clears throat> and like I said, it's been it's been 20 years since I've been there. Uh, what, when did y'all see, I know your spring, You when did they open the spring season back up? Oh, it's been, and don't quote me on this, my memory's getting terrible, but it's been several years now. It might be going on 10 years now. Really? Yeah, yeah. Maybe not that much. Maybe I'd have to look it up yeah. to be exact. But. So you have your spring season yeah. and then your fall. How long does your fall season last? So our fall season where I live is September 1st to November 30th, which sounds like a real <clears throat> long season. But you basically figure figure on your season going to about the end of October instead of November. Uh, reason being, the first two weeks of November is uh, rifle season for deer. Mm -hmm. The woods is full of people. We can still legally run bear. Mm -hmm. Just kind of the courteous thing. I think it goes on everywhere. You try and stay out of the woods. And then after that, it leaves you the last two weeks of November. Um, at that time, there could be lots of bears out, or we could have a foot of snow in there to yeah. end up. So. And how does the food crops affect your your hunting season? Like big, big time. Um, like you said, we hunt off baits, and uh, I really enjoy the spring hunting because the bait is very effective. Not so much early season, but we can pull in bears from all over the country the further on in the spring season. Mm -hmm. Fall is a challenge. I mean, yep. you guys see it here. You see it all over. You you can't compete with mm -hmm. natural bait. You can put a have the prettiest bucket of jelly donuts there, but <laughs> they're they're running over top of it to get to those acorns or where I live to those cornfields. Hey, so let's just let's just um get to this right here about the donuts because i'm a cop and everybody likes to <laughs> i didn't mean anything by it <laughs> they're not donuts they're power rings yeah and that gives that bear all that energy to run yeah eating those power rings yeah so we don't use the term donut anymore ever, it's funny ever. you say that i actually we're all the time looking for bait and i got lying on some for two or three years in a row these big bulk <laughs> tote bins of bait mm -hmm. and i had to drive a couple hours to get them but it was cheap and when I got there, they were actually uh, seconds in energy bars. Mm -hmm. And I took them, but I thought, man, am I shooting myself in the foot here? I'm, I'm pumping these bears full, <laughs> full of I'm making them run harder to catch. That's you know? right. Hey, that helps your dogs get <laughs> yeah. in shape. That's all it does. Yeah. <laughs> so how many dogs are you running now? Uh, so bear dogs alone, I guess I've got uh, four. Mm -hmm. uh, I never call them finished, but four right. dogs that I, I'm starting to depend on pretty good. Um and one young dog, uh, what have I got there? Four and one year old, this was his first time out. That's what I've got currently for, for bear dogs at the moment. And um, no, sorry, five. Let me see. Yeah, five, five uh, good running dogs and one, one yearling that this was his first spring. And uh, two old coyote dogs mm -hmm. left. So you got seven. Total. Seven, yeah. That's a good number. It's um, I've got double that, and it's got a <laughs> it's a headache. <laughs> yeah, I've got a little puppy too. Sorry, I've got yeah. a got a little four month old puppy as well. But yeah, what what breed is it? He's he's again we talked about. I'm not going to call him camp bred, but uh, he yeah. he comes from a lot of camp bred dogs. Uh, okay. Yeah. And you said, you know, during our conversation, you said that your buddy had a uh, a male that he had got from Mike. Mm -hmm. And that you had bred it, crossed it with something. Yes. 
and that let's talk about that later because um, that's something we talk about a lot is you know how the litters, litters turn out how they mm-hmm. um you know they work and you and i were just having this conversation so how many pups were in that litter i believe there was seven total one died uh, very young and leaving six and how do they how does that litter so if you got six left mm-hmm. how is that litter overall so overall like they're kind of few spread out across <clears throat> the countryside but overall extremely pleased with the litter starting at a very young age uh doing doing some stuff that kind of blew my mind very young very happy with them the bulk of them none of them are, are perfect they all have some flaws here and there like any of them um except for one six or five out of these six are doing as good as any young dog i've ever had at that age do or seen and one is doing absolutely nothing Mm -hmm. um which is a a topic in itself as far as i'm concerned it's been a real i know we all know they don't all make it but uh to see how the rest of them started so quick so well and uh to have the one at this age and i think they're like 17 months now and nothing out Mm -hmm. of that one well, and like I said, we we won't give a we won't give the podcast away. But I recorded a podcast with a with a feller. If you guys are listening, you you've either already heard it or you're going to hear it. Um, that said, he had a female that was literally two years old, two and a half years old, and never had done anything. And now he's won two national championships with her. It's like she took off out of the blue and just couldn't stop winning. So, you know, we had that conversation is how, how long is too long, you know, and we've talked about it on the podcast before. I think it's up to each individual and what they're comfortable with, what, you know, what they have tied up. You mm-hmm. said that. Um, and, you know, so who has that dog? Uh, actually, she went to some, I kept her for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. Like I always keep a couple out of a litter and right. I ended up, there comes a point where I've got to make a decision when they're mm-hmm. really starting to be pushed. And uh, she went to a friend of mine, actually, for a coyote dog. And he spent a long time with her as well, and still nothing there. And she's 17 months. Yeah. 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 She may be the, you know, you never you never know with a dog. Like, <laughs> I mean, I've heard, and well, I actually know of some dogs that were three years old before they'd done anything wow. and made top, top-notch dogs. Um, but you never, you just never know, like, if they keep, keep, with her and giving her opportunities you know she may flip that switch one day maybe the question i and maybe your podcast will touch on that later is what those late starters like that what did the rest of the litter do you know Mm -hmm. like we're comparing it to a bunch that started at seven eight nine months old uh Mm -hmm. you know i'd be curious about these dogs you're talking about how um what the if the rest of the litter was the same or totally different yeah and i think like i said what you're raising like i try to keep tabs well let me just put a disclaimer in there. I have went through periods in my hound hunting that I have not taken very good records of who got what, where they went. Um, I kept up with it out of the get-go, and then I've lost track. Mm-hmm. And I've actually got me a, a, a notebook, and like, especially the last couple litters uh, that I've raised. And this is, uh, well, actually, I've not raised a lot of litters up until a couple years ago, which I started back doing it. Uh, I didn't have nothing worth breeding to start with. Mm-hmm. That was the main thing. And, um, you know, now I'm trying to keep very close tabs on where my dogs are at, 
what opportunities they have because that makes a difference on whether they can or they do or do not perform. Absolutely, um, yeah. You know, I, I don't I don't even remember who I was talking to um, here recently, but you know, the best the best dog is going to be the one that has opportunity to go hunting, mm-hmm. and I don't care where you're at or who you are. So I'm trying really hard to keep tabs. I mean, I'm placing dogs strategically to people that hunt, and then I know they're going to have an opportunity. So I'm trying to keep very good records um, on these last couple, two litters especially, that I've had. Um, and we all know. They all, I mean, if you got five out of six, then that's pretty good odds. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm tickled as could be with a cross like that. And, and we'll be making it again, uh, Lord willing, but um, still a bit of a head-scratcher with that. Last so you're going to make the same cross again? Probably, or one very similar, similar to it. I've got a half-sister to her that I like their mother i have her half sister that i like <clears throat> even better than their mother mm-hmm. um she's a late comer with a heat cycle um and she's kind of a struggle to get bred but we're going to try and make that cross uh with her mm, nice yeah, yeah. now it, what and you don't have to tell me what but what what breeding is she is she a walker english so it, i'll just back up a little bit like i when i started out in the house young and i was got that first dog he was a blue tick and i coon, I coon on it pretty serious for a lot of years uh, before I got bit by this bear bug. So when I started getting in these bears, of course, uh, to this day, I'm a sucker for a blue tick. <laughs> to, to you me. ain't worried about catching no game, are you? <laughs> so there was um, there was a line of dogs from uh, Upper Michigan. They weren't papered dogs. or that Michigan, Wisconsin area that had a pretty good reputation. Mm-hmm. Blue tick-looking dogs. Weren't they a lot of Smoky River in those? Uh, not these particular ones uh-huh. I'm talking These weren't papered dogs. Right. Uh, I had a lot of Smoky River in my papered coon dogs. Mm-hmm. And I started out with these guys chasing bear with those dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, but as I wanted to get better, um, <clears throat> I was looking for stuff a little bit different. And uh, the... Uh, these weren't paper dogs. I'm sure you guys have heard them. There, there's a line of dogs, Upper Michigan, Wisconsin, Ray bred blue ticks. John Ray, I don't know if you've ever heard of that. I have not. So, so I did a lot of research and had a lot of guys tell me these are the blue dogs you want to run bears. Mm-hmm. So they, they intrigued me. Um, tried and tried to get a puppy and hard deal to get a puppy. Not, not many people want to give up pups. So I found a guy. I wasn't going to give his, not going to give the name away, but he had he had some. And they're not full Ray. He crossed a little bit of English dog in them. That was what he liked. But they had a lot of this Ray blood in it. Mm-hmm. So my dogs are kind of a lighter ticked, red tick, blue tick mixed looking dog. And uh, my two best dogs at this point anyways. That's where they all came from. And it was one of those females that we bred to this Kemp male to make mm-hmm. this cross. Yeah. So yeah. let me just throw this out there for you blue tick guys. Throw rocks at me. <laughs> my my first litter out of Spook was crossed back on a blue blue female sure um now she was a mixed up dog yeah she her mother actually went back to my old ring dog that you've heard me talk about Mm -hmm. but molly looked she looked like a she looked like an all blue dog phenomenal trailing ability super good speed um in fact i tried to buy her before i bought spook Mm -hmm. um like i liked her that much sure so anyway, I bred spook. So just to put that out there, so y'all don't y'all don't stone me to death. <laughs> I'm just a picking. I'm just picking. But um, so what what give you the bear bug? What what is it? <laughs> Tell us that story because we've all have one. Well, it is. It's kind of long, but it's a funny story. I was I was coon hunting these these papered blue ticks, and I was pretty serious about it for a lot of years. 
And uh, we had a dog I was actually partnered on with a friend of mine. We were doing the competition thing and campaigning the dog, a blue tick male. And he was doing pretty good for us. And another friend of mine had a nice blue tick female, and he wanted to breed to our male. So he, we did. We made the cross. And he had a litter of a few pups. And there was two, two males in the litter. And we were going to get one for a stud fee pup, kind of. So my other friend, he called me up and he says, uh, he said, I had this young guy call me. He says, he wants the other male, but he wants it for bear hunting. And I said, well, geez, you know, these were kind of competition, independent-minded dogs. Uh, I said, well, look at it. I said, if I was looking for a blue tick to run bears, this would be the last cross I'd get one out of. But I said, heck, sell him one. I'm not going to take a sale away from you. So... He, uh, anyways, the fellow came and bought one, and he was kind of just getting started with a bigger group of bear guys. Mm-hmm. And within, uh, he'll know exactly, but I mean, eight, nine, ten months old by a year old, that puppy got was just a rock star of a bear dog. Um, not the fastest dog in their group, crazy trail dog, cold nose. Uh, even later on when I went to hunt with those guys, he hunted with a group of guys that had hunted forever, and they told me, you know, when that pup come along at eight, nine, ten months old, we're starting older tracks than we ever started. Wow. Uh, yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> so when um, when he was hunting and this pup got to doing real good, my buddy who raised the litter uh, went and hunted with him, watched him, checked this bear hunting stuff out. And then he called me up. He said, you ought to see this pup go and come and check this out. So I did. I loaded up. He lived a couple hours from me. And uh, we went, and they turned him loose, him and a few other guys, and we caught a bear, and and that was it. It was, it was uh, Mary bar the door after that. I mean, <laughs> pretty well everything went downhill in life after that. I, have, I, I know the feeling, and I, I have found through my hunting adventures that if when people go, they're either bit – yeah or don't want anything to do with it right like there's not a whole lot of in between like yeah take it or leave it like (laughs) yeah when i was starting out years ago and i'd take my high school buddies with me about the first five six miles into the woods they were done Mm -hmm. like they were done (laughs) yeah if anyone did make it to the tree if we ever did tree um and that maybe what broke a lot of people we weren't treating no bear Mm -hmm. But I had several that, um, in fact, Wes, that you, you know, hunts with me now. He yep. was a kid in high school, and um, he went. He used to go with me when he was in school, and, like, you know, it always resonated, and now he's mm-hmm. into it with us. And so, yeah, I get it. I mean, I completely get it. Yeah. So To me, that was, I mean, I love anything to do with hound hunting, whether it be <clears throat> running a deer or a rabbit with a beagle or a, a coon dog. But, I mean, that was the pinnacle of it, seeing mm-hmm. that big sucker sitting up in that tree. And they're, they're, su- they're such a, um, a mystifying animal to mm-hmm. me. Like, you know, and again, I go revert back to my teenage and early 20 years that we didn't, you didn't see bear. No. Like, you just didn't see him. Like, mm-hmm. you know. You drive a country road long enough at nighttime, you're probably going to run up a horn here now. Right. You you didn't do that. And okay. I was I was 18, I think, when I saw my first bear deer hunting. And, like, I couldn't get over myself. Mm-hmm. And then, like I said, then a couple years later, my buddy ended up shooting one. And, I mean, I was done. Like, the dogs, it, it was done. Yeah. But And I guess that's the first time, too, that I really realized how um, – I don't know the word to use, but how significant that dogs had played in my life. Mm-hmm. And then when I realized that 
I could take something that I was passionate about, which was hunting, and add a dog to it. Like you said, it was the pinnacle of my like. Yeah. You don't you don't top that for yeah, me. Exactly. Yeah. So, no, I completely feel you. <laughs> so, to, how was your like your your spring season's over? Yeah, ended June fifteenth. June fifteenth. Yeah. Um, how did that go? Like. How'd your dogs do? What were, what, you know, was you, you starting young dog, your 17 month old? Yeah, well, she started last fall. So this, mm-hmm. and I mean, started good last fall, but this would be, you know, what it's like that first one they start, <clears throat> the next season is kind of their best start, right? So mm-hmm. anyway, she did real well. Overall, really happy with the dogs, uh, how they perform. Had some injuries, um, always seemed to be battling injuries. Uh, so that's that's never fun. Was that bear injuries or was just running injuries? Bear injuries, yeah. yeah. The journey on Houndsman XP has teamed up with one TDC. This dual action support for oral health and mobility in our dogs. This unique supplement is so effective that it is recommended by top veterinarian experts worldwide to maintain and improve our dogs' health in four different areas. Their oral health, hips, joints, and muscles, skin, coat, energy, and recovery. Guys, I've been using this product for the last six months, and it has been a game changer for me. If you're looking for something to help with the overall health of your dog, go to WorkSoWell.com and give this product a try. It is highly recommended by Houndsman XP here on The Journey. you like to be outside like I do, hunting, fishing, hiking? If so, Onyx is the app for you. I've been a loyal Onyx user for years. It's the one app that I can honestly say I use daily. While hunting, I know where I'm at at all times. I mark trails, bedding areas, feeding areas, and the list goes on. In my travels, I use it to pre-scout all the new places that I am blessed to hunt. Last year while hiking Yellowstone, I used Onyx to map out the trails and know the difficulty of each one. And here's a secret. I mark all of my favorite fishing spots on Onyx. It's been a game changer for me at work. I've used it multiple times to get in touch with property owners. Onyx has so many great features and tools. You can literally use it in your everyday life. It is by far the best mapping app on the market. And hey, It's approved by yours truly at Houndsman XP. So when you go to subscribe to OnX, use our code HXP20 and get you a discount. So get your journey started with OnX and know where you stand. I wished I could come out and I I was, mm, well, I better, I can't, I got to redact that (laughs) because I I was going to say last year was pretty good for me, but Trip got, Trip got wrecked in training season back mm-hmm. in September, and he was out until he was out the rest of September, October, and I took him to North Carolina in November, mid-November, mid to end of November, mm-hmm. and got him on another bear, which I honestly didn't – I didn't think he'd go because he got beat up so bad. Right. But, I mean, he – there it is, but – I mean, it'd be good if we could scave a season without having to pay a yeah. hefty vet bill. yeah. Yeah, that'd be good. It doesn't seem to happen, though. <clears throat> no, it does not. And I'm, I mean, I'm pretty fortunate with the pack that I'm running now. Him and Kate, Kate's gotten a little smarter. She's got older. Um, mm-hmm. She may get a bite. She may end up with a bite mark or two. But when she was 
two two years old her i mean same thing she got bit down right right behind the shoulder blades with a big bear we ended up killing i mean we we walked that bear from eight o'clock in the morning literally till right at dark mm -hmm. and it was probably an hour before dark they caught it on a ridge we were trying to get into it and it broke and ran um the dogs come back towards me i just couldn't get down to cut them off and i noticed that she wasn't she was way behind so i stood in the path and waited on her mm -hmm. and when she got there like she was still going she was still yeah. on their track but i mean she was she was right like it yeah she i had to lay her up that was the first week of, i think i had to lay her up the rest of the season like mm -hmm. she got bit that bad down through the shoulders um and she you know i'm getting some holes in her here and there but not nothing like that and then now trip uh he's doing the same thing and hopefully he'll those big bear in North Carolina make them. Yeah. They make them have a little bit of respect. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they don't run in and and grab that little bobtail there. But um, yeah, so that that that's always a concern <clears throat> with uh, the dogs getting tore up. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like I have a, I have a couple that I will say I'm not saying my best. I think they're my best dogs. They're my favorite dogs, but they're they're probably too bad about that. Like. They're my best dogs, but it's always two weeks into the season they're out because mm -hmm. they're hurt. So you know, I'm I know myself personally. I'm a nut about grit too much. I put too much emphasis on that. Um, sometimes I wish I had some that would maybe back down a little bit, but I, I'm crazy about that stuff. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, I like I don't I've changed my thinking from grit to stay. Yeah, I get it. But at the same time, you you know, in anybody that that bear hunts knows that sometimes you got to have a little bit of teeth to put them up mm -hmm. if they have a little bit it don't take it don't take a mauling yeah but if you have a little bit of pressure it'll cause that bear to tree where if you don't it's just going to walk and walk and walk for and sure walk. The, the problem arises in those ones that aren't going to tree even with a little bit of teeth right yeah because some of them are just never going to that's right so yeah so yeah i would just prefer mine to <laughs> bay up tight bay from the rear end i'd rather you stay away from the front end mm -hmm. that's where all the damage is caused the 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 damage this year was two different dogs one bad real bad and it was a it's a long story too but it was a unique situation we actually had a sow bear and it took a little while to figure it out we had a sow that was real protective over two cubs and these were big two-year-old cubs um usually we've treated lots of them usually mm -hmm. there's no issues uh, for whatever reason, this particular sow, what was happening, we weren't, we caught her once with all the dogs at one time and she was ornery. So we tried to stay away from her after that. And the dogs were running through areas and two different times they were kind of running through her area on a different bear. And I'd have a dog peel off and tree one of these little cubs by itself. Not even, never turned loose anywhere near her, just ended up there. And I'd have a single dog treed, and this sow was coming in from the side and tackling them. Oh, and wow. that, that's, a, that's a bad deal physically but mentally. Like, to me, I always say if a dog gets hurt with their group head-to-head, mm -hmm. -head, they can recover from that mentally most of the time. But if you're by yourself and somebody comes in from behind you and tackles you, that's, that's a bad deal. That's an ambush. So yeah. what – so how – how did that have you hunted that dog anymore and what how was that recovered? so that happened two different times both in the same area two different dogs one 
well, I was able to hunt again. wasn't that bad, and she was fine. Um, the other one, I it happened two weeks into the season, and I never got to hunt her again. She's she's still recovering from that. Uh, she had a big hematoma, like a basketball blood mm -hmm. clot on her side, and a couple of broken ribs. Mm, yeah, those ribs got to heal. Yeah. So how, the female that you did hunt, did you see any hesitation? Did you see any change in her behavior? I I didn't. I mm -hmm. didn't that particular one, and she's actually. Uh, don't jump on it. She's a plot dog. <laughs> I, I do have one plot, and uh, and she's got a lot of heart. Uh, she was certainly hesitant that day, like carrying her out of the woods. You'd think you'd never catch another bear again, but mm -hmm. uh, she only needed like two weeks off, and we were back in the woods. Now, uh, we did do, I was going to say we didn't get on another bad one, but I'm, I'm lying. We did walk another monster bear that we never got killed. We walked it till after dark as well, um, and she... It's in these, what I call these juniper flats, these juniper mm -hmm. thickets we have. I can't see. We're within 30 feet all day long and can't get a shot. Um, I can't tell you what she was doing, but she never laughed at it. You know, I can mm -hmm. hear her in there. So she was fine. Mm -hmm. She was, And I have a feeling the other one will be fine, too, because she's been through this a lot. She, the same, the, one of the same ribs she broke exactly one year ago as well on a bad bear. So, well, and I guess that leads to, so did the dogs stay treed or did they end up fighting the sow and have, did they come out? So what? both of these times the dogs got hurt, we're off, like it's kind of like one fell out, you're, you're in a heated race with uh -huh. another bear, one dog falls out and, and I, we even actually end up treeing the other bear and we go to that tree and then you go back and you find this dog banged I up and you. hurt, you yeah. know. Um, you know, you're sitting there, you watch your garment, you see one peel off, the rest are screaming, race, cross the road, and tree the bear. What do you go to? You yeah. know, both times I felt sick. I should have paid closer attention and got there sooner, but who knows if I'd have made it in time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so, and I guess it, the rules in Canada, like no sow bears? Uh, no, legally, like they don't want you to shoot any sows with this year's cubs. Right. We never, we never kill any sows with, right. with any type of cubs, um, as hound hunters or whatever, but no, they don't want you to kill anything with first year cubs. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, big second year cubs, like these big cubs that this sow had should be getting, should have been kicked out already. Usually June, they start mating and, uh, they run them big big cubs off but mm -hmm. for whatever reason i've we've <clears throat> never encountered uh a sow with second year cubs that was that protective of them mm -hmm. yeah so it's it's been we, like i said we were sitting here talking it's been 23 23 or 22 years since i've been to canada mm -hmm. like um how, how is how of course you've how long have you been hunting bear six seven years six, seven years yeah so you wouldn't and I, it's kind of funny because we were sitting here talking. I've been, I, I'm sorry. Before I hunted bears with hounds, I sat in a tree stand like everybody else and hunted them. Oh, yeah. You know, so I, I know a little about the population, if that's what you're getting at. Yeah, so how's, how is the, how has it changed? Has it changed? How, uh, I remember, you know, we talked when I, when I was going up to Bob's, um, and we were hunting, and it's so funny because uh, I follow um, Sean Landrum. He is a musky biologist that's in canada mm -hmm. and he posted a picture at an algonquin the park mm -hmm. and they were tagging some muskies oh yeah and um like i said that's we hunted on in, in pembroke around pembroke mm -hmm. um and it like we we killed we killed a good bear there we killed a four something four maybe seven more four ten something yeah, that was the nice biggest bear. one yeah, yeah that was the biggest one we killed mm -hmm. most of the bear that we ran was in that 
150 to 200 range and of course that's back then yeah um bob did pull us one time and took us down to some corn crops that were getting mm-hmm. and yeah. we let the we call them stump hunters y'all, y'all know what i'm talking about <laughs> we let the stump hunters shoot them because they had been sitting there and hadn't seen any yeah and then we ended up um running them and ended up uh, i think they killed two from from that so yeah so what what has it changed is it different is a bear size still about the same yeah i mean for you know you get some 400s every year um and every year you know there's a couple of 500s or whatever and uh yeah there's there's definitely bears out there over five but yeah to me anything over 354 is a good quality bear anywhere in the world really um but yeah yeah there's there's fives and and there's some in the agricultural areas now like we hunt some of this corn country uh at certain times of the year too and there's animals in there that are pushing six wow yeah it's uh it's unbelievable i'm and not a lot i mean they're not around every corner but that when they get sitting in them cornfields they can pack on a lot of weight fast oh yeah i mean that's yeah that's and that's the same thing down you know in down east mm-hmm. i mean they've got they've got bean they've got soybeans they've got peanuts and they've got corn yeah and it doesn't take long to yeah. pack on 100 pounds. Yeah, um, it's, uh, like I said, we run the, the corn a little bit once in a while. And I'm not saying it's my favorite, but your most ex, your most action-packed days are always turning loose in a cornfield. And that could be good action or bad action. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was saying. You don't know what you're coming out It's always the most action-packed days. <laughs> now, back to your to the dog switching. Now, have you do you have any problems with your dog switching to coyotes? I mean, I I have had plenty of times young dogs trash and stuff mm-hmm. like that. You know, everybody goes through mm-hmm. it when there's that. You got to get them broken, stuff like that. But um, there's one guy, the one guy in our group that has the Kemp male that mm-hmm. I bred to. He religiously runs him all winter long on coyotes. And I've been hunting with him for, for all of this time, that many years. And I'm going to say I've seen that dog where I can confirm run a coyote maybe four times during bear season during bear season and you know you take a five six year span that's not very much considering he's run every day on coyotes in the winter how does that happen <sighs> don't all, all i can say is that dog truly loves bears more than he loves coyotes you know because we pull up and there's a 15 minute coyote track and a four hour bear track and and he's starting the bear you know wow. um it's it's it, so that encourages me to try it <laughs> but on the other hand i think well mine aren't that good <laughs> you know well and two i mean i know that you you and i had briefly discussed this a lot of times in the winter y'all are it's starting in the snow exactly yeah so you're putting him in the track and saying it's okay to do this yeah um and i, I want to kind of revert back to you know some old timers and you know even my my old frosty dog and that's as far back as i can go because any dog that I've had past that is I could take, I took Frosty out when he was six months old and I was training squirrel, fox squirrels in the edge of the, the, the farm fields. Okay. And I would ride the roads at night waiting to trying to find something to come. And it didn't matter if it was a possum, a coon, it didn't matter if it treed, uh-huh. I turned him loose on it. Yeah. And I would coon hunt, I coon hunted that dog up till he was about two years old. And then I could turn around in the daytime and take him bear hunting and very i I mean i can't i can count on one hand the times that he may have treed a coon in the daytime right it was like he knew yeah he never fooled with a squirrel again he never 
I mean, ne- he never fooled with a cat. Mm-hmm. He, like, and I think, you know, dogs, I think sometimes we don't give them the, the uh, credit they deserve because they oh, know. I, I absolutely agree. Um, yeah, and there's a lot of guys that, that do it with a lot of success, and they kind of use that snow to differentiate, and, and the dog gets to learn that snow means coyotes bear ground means bear uh, i is the way i understand it and and i'm not saying i'm not going to try it i'm just been mm-hmm. very trigger shy because it's everywhere's got coyotes but there's a lot of them where i haunt right yeah and i mean they you know they kind of they travel through our like you'll run in to an area and they'll be in there consistently mm-hmm. and then a month late you know well i'll just take you know training season august september you'll hit a patch where you're, you know, there's coyotes in there. And then come December, mm-hmm. they're not. They're in a different okay. location. They're moving. Right. They're kind of constantly moving that right. pack. And I'm assuming it's searching for food. I'm not a coyote specialist. But, yeah. Um, but for me, like, I, I want to know what my dog's running. Mm-hmm. And I don't – What I guess the thing that bothers me more, if my dog's crashing, okay, I'll take care of it. Yeah. Uh, I'll fix it whenever. But I don't want my buddies packing mm-hmm. to – my dogs if i'm not sure yeah what they're doing yeah. and you know me and wesley have this conversation quite a bit you know he i'm like man you never hesitate he goes well he said well, it'll work out in the wash if they're not right we'll fix it yeah i think he's got a little more faith in me than, <laughs> than the rest of the bunch yeah. but um so how, that goes back to you how do you feel about when you do you pack to that dog, or are you leery of it? I've haunted with him long enough. Oh, I spent a long time being leery. Like, even from the time I started hunting, the very first time I hunted with I didn't even have bear dogs, and I thought, there's no way. Like, I just watched two coyotes <laughs> on the camera. He's not starting that old, that four-hour track. And my mind's been blown from from day one, um, but now I've hunted with him long enough. I'm packing everything I got to him without a because you know i firmly and i've seen him do this in one of the three or four times i still wouldn't like it that i've seen him actually run a coyote i've seen him switch on the first bear he's crossed off on i was going to ask before we before we could get him caught you Mm -hmm. know and and he'll switch on the he'll he'll ditch the coyote and go for the bear every time so his heart is with the bear absolutely yeah 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 Yeah, i was going to ask if he switched all if you caught him switching any Mm -hmm. And, yeah, it's just a matter of there's no bears out in the winter. He probably wouldn't be much of a coyote dog. <laughs> you know? Yeah, but how does he do in those coyote races? Is he a, oh, is he a lead dog? Yeah, yeah. Well, my, my friend that hunts him, he only hunts two dogs. He has him and one other dog. And uh, like, there's a group of three of us that we all hunt together, and we all take our turns and hunt hunt two at a time and, and by ourselves. But him personally, he only keeps two dogs, mm-hmm. and this dog is one of them. And so, yeah, he's, he's his lead dog on bear and coyotes. And he, okay, and he only hunts two dogs on both. On both. Catches a lot of bear with two dogs. Uh, you know, I've said it for years, uh, especially the guys that are close to me. You give me two good dogs, mm-hmm. that's all you need. Yeah. Four is a is a, a plenty. Yeah. Anything after that, and I'm, and I'm like I said, I'm running six right now. I'm, I usually carry six dogs with me. Now, I may not have all six of them down at one time. But that's, that's kind of my number because of the amount of dogs I have. But I would have no issue, and I've done it for years, um, I have no issue running just a couple dogs. For sure, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, the, I, I just, I've had a lot of success with it. In mm-hmm. fact, my ring dog has treated more bears solo than any dog that I've been around. Um, mm-hmm. 
and he he did and i put if i put Smokey or sam with him i mean i it is what it is i mean that's yeah. and, I, and i've told my i mean the guys with me numerous times that you don't we don't need eight dogs like mm-hmm. you know bear's gonna climb if he wants to climb yeah. and he's not gonna climb if you got 20 yeah. no matter this whole thing and i'm you learn every day it's been a big learning curve but i of course when i started in green i thought you know he wouldn't climb a tree back in more get more in there you need harder tree dogs or you you need you're right if he's not climbing four dogs or ten dogs he's not climbing it doesn't make a difference and, and for me um like i'm a little bit selfish i'll admit it that you know i i like it i mean i'd like to take just four dogs and catch mm-hmm. game for sure um and i and back when i hunted by myself i did that's how i did it you know i, mm-hmm. I was usually carrying four dogs and you know i caught a lot of game and you know now that, that i hunt with a good group you know, it's just not that way. Yeah. I mean, sometimes we, our dogs get split off and, and they sure. tree and, yep. you know, Hot Rod's dogs will be treed mm-hmm. over here and, you know, Forrest may have something and Wesley. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, I'm I'm okay with that. And But there have been times I've been hauling on radio, get me some help. Yeah. Like, give me, oh, some, yeah. give me some help. <laughs> well, that, that nice little deal we got, like, the, the, the two greatest and best of friends, the three of us that hunt together, mm-hmm. but we do all each take our days and go and hunt by, you know, I mm-hmm. want to hunt so much by myself and see what my three or four dogs can do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And nobody gets tore up about that or hurt feelings. We, we're all good with each other with that. And you have plenty of space to do that, right? Yeah, for the yeah. most part. I mean, again, where I live, it's on that border of agricultural and what I call big country, which means, in a nutshell, you're on the border of a lot of private uh-huh. Or go north, and you're on a lot of what we call crown land, which mm-hmm. is the same as your guys' state land. So, when you say plenty of room, there's always gray areas. Um, the private has much better. The, the areas with more private has better road systems, better access. Mm-hmm. I dare say some days it's easier. Um, the harder part is people. You know, getting into land that you can't mm-hmm. be on and, and having to deal with that. Um, I'm very lucky where I live. I've got a pretty good relationship with most of the people around me. Um, everywhere has, you know, their one guy over here that mm-hmm. you got to watch for or whatever. But, uh, yeah. How does that work in Canada? How, what, what if your dogs get on land that you're – or private land, I guess that's what you call it. So I've not yet personally – I don't know. To be honest with you, I've not personally been in a situation where somebody's told me, no, I can't mm-hmm. go get my dog. All we all ever ask is, can we go get our dogs? Mm-hmm. And uh, as far as right to retrieve, I don't, I think they changed that. Don't quote me on any of this with the laws, whether it's legal or not. I think first step, ask the landowner. If they say no, next step, call conservation mm-hmm. officer, game warden, and he can escort you on, I believe, is the process. Mm-hmm. So far, you know, I've had a few instances where people were not happy about it, but in the end, and a lot of polite talking, they said, okay, go ahead and get your dogs. Yeah. Um, but uh, I've been very lucky. I, I don't know what happens exactly if they say all out no. Mm-hmm. You're not going on there. I do know I heard something. They changed a law recently that a lot of people are fighting against you can now get charged for trespassing even if it's your dog on that property not you if your dog crosses it um Mm -hmm. how that's all going to hold up in courts and stuff is up in the air there's been a couple cases where it's popped up uh and i i don't know they're they're pending court cases whether stuff something like this is going to stick there are pending yes Hmm. yeah Yeah, that's interesting because you know you virginia's they're fighting the right to retrieve now and they've got this 
committee with the stakeholders and <clears throat> the problem that we're having is you know the dwr is hiring people that are not hunters mm -hmm. which is not yeah. conducive to us and then you know virginia has got a lot of people moving in from out of the area uh, mostly the big cities that don't understand you know our way of life mm -hmm. and then on the other side of that you know you've got hunters that you know aren't truly respectful of the landowner's property exactly. and, and, and trying to form that relationship, you know, go ask and explain, mm -hmm. encourage, Hey, go with me. You want to take a picture? Go with me and see what we do. We've done that exact thing. Yes. And every time that I've invited somebody, a landowner that was hesitant, mm -hmm. as soon as they're hesitant, Hey, why don't you go with me? You got kids. You want to see a bear, yeah. take some pictures. Um, it'd be a good thing for memories and mm -hmm. picture book. I mean, they literally are like, Oh, Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. And they jump on it. And then I've got a relationship with them, and the next time I go, they don't. It's no questions. It's a great thing. Like we've had the exact same scenario, and the the big turning point usually is when I tell them I'm not taking my gun. Mm -hmm. I don't want to shoot the bear. I just want to get my dogs. And mm -hmm. most of them are shocked. Like they just <clears> think we're out there to kill uh, bears. Yeah. And uh, and the couple t actually had a scenario where we walked into a tree with a person that we said, okay, we're not gonna shoot the bears. So they decided to come with us. It wasn't that far. And when we got there, they changed their mind and wondered if we would shoot the bear. When initially they didn't even want us on there in the first place, you know? So yeah. it, it, it can, people can change. Yeah, you, you just know? gotta, you gotta, you gotta be tactful about how you do it. And, sure. you know, I've, I've been apologetic a lot of times, you know, I'm sorry my dogs are over here and- You gotta be. Yeah, I mean, you know, just have a little grace, mm -hmm. <laughs> give yep. grace, yeah, so. Well, Luke, what um, what's what's going to be big in Canada? Before we wrap this up, what do you what do you got on your mind? What's your future plans? What's... Just keep hunting dogs. You know, yeah. I'm I'm you know trying to make these crosses. I get really excited about making these crosses, and and that's my favorite part of it all is is watching these young dogs make it or some not make it. It's that's mm -hmm. the most exciting part. We all want to catch stuff, but I love working with puppies and mm -hmm. not much is going to change as far as big plants, but uh that's that's basically the path I'm going to stick to. Yeah, when you talk about puppies making, it's usually the ones that I have uh -huh. that don't make it and everybody else's are superstars. Yeah. <laughs> that's just my luck, but <clears throat> you know, I've got the uh, I've got two I got three I've got some three months old, four, you know, they're, they're coming four months old. And sure. I've got Sass and she's a five month old and, um, I'm excited about them, but I had a conversation on the way up here with, you know, my, I call him my mentors, you know, Pappy. And, you know, you just never know. The dogs have good actions. They have a lot of good qualities. Mm -hmm. I see potential, but you just never know how that pup's going to end, is going to end up and, you know, we were talking about uh, the timing and, you know, being easy with the younger dog and not wrecking them. Yeah. And, you know, you just never know what's going to happen. You know, every time you turn a dog loose, you never know if you're going to see that dog again. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm excited. I'm, I'm, hope, I'm optimistically hopeful. That's what right. I am with That's these That's all you can do. Yeah. 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 So, and, you know, we're trying to work it out where I'm going to try to get up next year. I mean, I'm excited about it. It's been, it's like I said, it's been 23 years yeah. since I've been up there. Mm -hmm. um, so with the spring season and with your, you know, your help and graciousness, I'm going to try to make that trip next year. And um, my, you know, Maddie's going, she wants to come with me and 
I hope everything works out and the stars align because I'm I'm really looking forward yeah, to it. Yeah, it'll be a good time for sure. I may have to borrow some dogs while I'm up there. Yeah. But. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know the same thing. If, if, if everything were to align, I'd, I'd love to get down here and... And uh, I'm not saying I can make it to the top of these hills, but I would darn sure try. <laughs> oh, well, you know. I don't... These, these look like little ones here to some I've drove through. but Yeah, they're not very big. But... Mm. <laughs> yeah, but I'm, I'm older. I'm slower. I don't get in a hurry. Um, I do hit another gear when the dog's tree. But it's, all we all do, yeah. But it's not high speed anymore. It's like uh, I'm hitting third, fourth gear. Yeah. I'm not hitting but fifth. But you find that reserve when they get treated, yeah. don't you? Yeah, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. But I really appreciate you. I mean, you come and met, met me down here in Virginia. I know you're doing vacation. This is your vacation yeah, time. Yeah, it's all good. And Crystal's sitting in the truck. <laughs> yeah. I mean, poor thing. Yeah. She's babysitting the dogs. And, yeah. Um, man, I really appreciate it. If, and if you guys want to follow um, Luke on social media, it's Canadian Houndsman yeah, on Instagram, yeah. right? Yeah. You don't have a Facebook account. No, no. Yeah, so... You know, look him up, man. He's got some good pictures, some really good-looking dogs. And, you know, that's how we connected is social media <clears throat> and started asking questions, talking back and forth. Like I said, it's been a year now, and um, it just lined up that he was going to be in the States, and I'm not so far away that I couldn't hop in the truck and, and make the drive up here. Mm -hmm. So I appreciate it. Any last thoughts? No, I mean, I'm, I'm honored. I appreciate you having me. And uh appreciate these podcasts in general you know um the last few years uh it's just amazing to me to listen to what you guys are doing and to hear the mistakes other people are making mm -hmm. and learn from it or hear about the houndsman coast to coast that you never would have met it's uh hats off to your channel and all the channels out there it's it's a good deal there's nothing but good that can become of all of this and that's one thing that you and i had talked about is you, I think one of your messages was you know i thought i was the only one going through that right exactly yeah. and no i mean when you're raising dogs, uh, and again, I just done, I just dropped a podcast, and you have, you may have heard it already when, when this one comes out. But you know, there's always somebody that's been through or mm -hmm. had what you've had going on. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there, don't be afraid to reach out to people and ask questions and and talk. And hopefully, those people are reciprocal and will help. You know, help you with that. But. Yeah, I think that's what started our whole question. Is you text me and said, "Hey, I, you know, I don't feel so so bad now." Like exactly, you know, yeah. you're going through the same thing. Yeah, yeah. you know, the whole way here, we're we're listening to podcasts on our trip, and and the most recent one, the the, the trail and hound one, the the recap you guys yeah, just Mark, did, yeah. but. Uh, awesome stuff but the last half of that when you were talking about maybe the downsides to the yo-yo bears and the latin bear like you know it really made me sit and think about some mistakes i could have made mm -hmm. you know or things i could do a little bit different it's just like i said i don't think there's any bad that can be, come from any of this so the more information the better for, it, for everyone and it's just options nobody says you have to exactly nobody says you have to believe in that mm -hmm. methodology or that training system um but yeah, you learn along the way, and you see what works best for you, or you see different results from different methods. Like you know, um, you know, when I first started, I of course then um, things were a lot different. But uh, you know, the the yo-yo and bear, you know, that gets a dog so visually. Yeah, I mean, mm -hmm. you're, the dog's already topped out in prey drive, um, if everybody understands that, and. And I had this conversation on the way up here, and I'm, I'm going to touch on it before we finish sure. this. 
so you know i was talking to pappy and we were talking about a a, a gentleman and if you got lit you guys listen to this and ask yourself this question has this ever happened to me so have you guys used a lot of um cage down cage cage animal coons possums whatever and showed your dog and showed your dog so this is what you do because i've done it i'm telling you what i've done you pull up in a field you have the 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 animal there you drop the tailgate the dogs run around oh they see it they go crazy you do your thing and however the process takes place you put them in the truck next week you do the same thing boom you drop them loose they run around in the field they find it boom the next thing you know you're in the woods you drop your tailgate and your dogs leave the truck barking and running circles have you ever asked yourself the question yeah. why well you just answered your question exactly is you have overstimulated them by sight and you have caused um you have put those dogs in context when i pull up and drop the tailgate there's going to be something sitting within arm's reach of me that i'm mm -hmm. going to be able to have fun with mm -hmm. and of course i stopped that years ago mm -hmm. but we had that conversation about how people don't they don't they don't pick up on that they don't pick up that well this is why my dogs are acting like this in the hunting environment is because the training regiment or the scenarios that i used formed a foundation that now i'm gonna have a trouble breaking that foundation yeah so it's i, I i've done the we've all done the yes. exact same things for a long long <clears throat> time and 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 even up till very recently but just just because of these podcasts I, I look at things from a totally different angle and i'm not saying i may do it exactly the way you mm -hmm. do it but like you said it it sure makes me stop and think about maybe trying a few different things yep. you know and i and i you know i said it in a just a recent podcast and i may have said it with mark i don't remember but having an open mind mm -hmm. and listening to other people's theories and their thought process and their methodology has made me better and i'm with you i may not use that technique exactly the way they use it i tweak it and make it my own sure but there are some of those techniques that i'm like dang why was i not doing that 20 years ago? i mean yeah. i kick myself in the butt because i mean i fool with dogs every day i mean they're i have a dog in my my car with me or in a truck with me almost every day yeah and there's no excuse for me not having um a better quality hound mm -hmm. um and i kick myself a lot because a lot of times things will pop up and i just i'm like why didn't i think of that like why didn't i think i of know that? and a lot of it is pretty common sense stuff well i'm not a very creative person like if you tell me to do something bam i'm on it mm -hmm. i got you but thinking outside the box sometimes is not a strong <laughs> point for me. Like I, it is not. I the mean, big not. thing you hit there was having the open mind. Yep. Right. You know, and, and it, that that's dogs, that's bloodlines, <laughs> that's breeding, training. That's that's life in general. You know, and with age, I'm trying to be a little more open-minded with everything in life, and and it just makes life a little bit easier in general. Yep. You know. Well, Luke, I'm glad that 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 it's um, interesting you, and I'm glad you're a, a, a loyal follower and listener and pass it on share it you know pass it on to the guys that you're hunting with or, or interested in it and we're all going to become better houndsmen you bet so thank you for helping us teach train and learn thank you <laughs>